right, we are live for our second episode of the Non-Tech Founder Podcast. So, yeah, last time we basically just introduced ourselves, um, what we're up to, who we are, all that kind of stuff. So hopefully you've listened to that so you know a little bit about who we are. But um, today we were hoping to just dive into something that's actually been something that we've both been struggling with on and off over the years. And for me personally, I'm not sure about you, Nathan, but recently, a lot recently, uh, which is the topic of overwhelm. Yes. <laughs> overwhelm. <laughs> Are we talking overwhelm in our personal lives, in our business lives or crossover or? Um, I think both because for me, I, uh, well, so for anyone who doesn't know, I had a, I had my first daughter and last a year and a half ago um and so my life has become a lot more busy and before I had her I was I could sort of work when I wanted you know I didn't often work during the week but I worked a lot of weekends for some reason um and then I'd take days off during the week and you know if I didn't feel like working today it doesn't matter I can work tonight if I feel better working in the evening but now I can't do that. I have a very dedicated amount of time that I have to work. So I have to work while she's in nursery. I have to work between about eight o'clock and about one or 2 p.m. That's it. Monday to Friday. Nothing over the weekend. I just can't make it happen. And that sounds like a lot of time, but it's actually surprisingly not. And I was finding that the weeks were just going by and I was getting nothing done or things were cropping up like tax. I absolutely despise VAT. <laughs> it's just the worst thing in the world. Go Europe. Oh, it's just, and because we, you know, we said in the last episode, I lived in the US for a while. I didn't really have to worry about it too much. Probably should have, but I didn't really. Um, now I'm back in the UK. I really have to worry about it. And it's, it's almost a full-time job. It's been a year and a half and I still feel like I'm just about getting the hang of it but just I felt like my time was just constantly taken up and I was never I was pushing aside all the things that I really wanted to do like a, a redesign for the client portal website new blog posts for my design academy audience and I sort of have been feeling like I've been letting a lot of people down despite the fact that people are pretty okay like they're not really complaining I've had a few comments saying oh yeah I've noticed you haven't been as active but I've just been feeling awful about it to be honest and I've just been massively trying to figure out how I can simplify my personal life and my professional life so I can feel like I'm getting stuff done and not constantly just running to catch up so that yeah that's that's me that's sort of where I'm at but I know you've had similar struggles in the past and maybe a little bit yeah. now I'm not really sure yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling a bit better at the moment. I'm, I'm in a bit of a better place at the moment, and, and I, I guess as well, it, it goes, everything kind of goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Once things start getting a bit difficult, then it affects everything, or at least it does for me anyway. If in my personal life I'm struggling with anything, it affects, you know, it affects my work life as well. Um, and I think it's particularly relevant to, to folks like us who who work from home and work from our work for ourselves as well, because you don't have that separation of office life and then and then home life. Uh, and to be honest, I don't know how people do it who, who work in an office and have children, uh, especially young children, you know? Uh, at least at least your 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 little ones in, in the nursery in the mornings now, but before then even, 
it's it's impossible and i don't know how uh, no. parents <laughs> with with kids manage to work full time i mean i just i i really struggle to get anything done i mean my situation is slightly different to yours so i'm separated and um i have my 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 daughter is in shared custody so two weeks out of the month she's with me and two weeks out of the month she's with her mother so but the weeks that we're that I'm with her, I really, really struggle to dig out the time to get enough work done. And then, like you were saying about taxes and stuff, but even just the more, even more basic stuff, you know, just doing shopping and and sort of services and and you know and, and having to nip out and get something and like I think of myself pretty much now as unemployable because I don't know how I would ever cope with all of these things having to go back to another job. I, it's a real struggle and then as like i said once you're in a if you do start to cave under the pressure and everything and, and the, the so few hours that you have then you know you do start to take that dive down towards oh this is crap this is going really badly i'm doing a bad job i don't have enough time and then you lose the energy to want to do that stuff anyway and taxes is a great example because you know europe and taxes is just a nightmare you know when i look at the guys and gals I know in the States, as you mentioned, it just seems like, I mean, I'm sure somebody will correct us or correct me, but it just seems like it's so easy over in the States. It's just like, you don't even have to worry about tax. Obviously you do. But I, I put out a question on, on Twitter yesterday asking um, Stripe or Paddle for the, for the, for the new SaaS that I'm building. Uh, and everyone was just like, well, Paddle sorts out your tax, but Stripe if you want to get it going. And I was like, but who doesn't have to worry about tax? It's like yeah. you can't run a business here without, you know, automatically including this. So this all this additional stuff. But um, yeah, for me it's kind of cyclic. Uh, it goes in cycles. You know, this whole overwhelm. And like I said, I do a really poor job in dividing the two. Uh, so once one thing starts going poorly, it seeps over heavily into the other. And I, I I struggle as well. I think with ways to try and make that better. I know that you. You're big into your systems, and I think that's something I struggle with. Has, yeah. has that helped you in any way to sort of try and clear, sort of make that divide between the two worlds? And yeah, definitely, I've had to. So I've been in that super low point quite recently, where I've just thought this is just unsustainable. I've been sort of managing, making it work, but I'm just exhausted completely. And but the good thing is, is I feel like I'm coming out of the other end of it now. So I've put a few things in place that have really helped me so if anyone else is in a similar situation and you're struggling hopefully this might help you too but basically for for the longest time ever since I can remember I've been an avid Filofax user so I love my Filofax <laughs> I get the refills Still. every year well this is it so I I get made fun of like daily by my friends and family <laughs> for, for having carrying this filofax around and I just love writing things down and it was just great but it was getting to the point where it's just not working anymore it's not how it's not how things work anymore it was too complicated so I needed to have a way to have everything work related in a calendar have everything for my personal life in a calendar um, have all my husband's stuff in a calendar because we both do similar things and if I'm doing a podcast interview sometimes it would clash with him doing a podcast interview and we're like well who gets the room with the mic um, <laughs> and it was just a scramble so and 
you know, when you accept invites on Facebook or in your email, there's always the add to calendar option. And I wouldn't have that. I'd have to add it to my Filofax. So I've basically set up my calendars now. So I use Fantastical because I've got a lot of different calendars in different places. And Fantastical just kind of collates them. It's not very expensive and is actually a massive... It's a pain to set up, to be honest. It's You need to dedicate a day because you have to set it up on every device you use separately. And it's oh, wow. oh, it's just a lot adding all your different accounts and adding your Apple calendar if you use like an iPhone or something. There's a few extra steps and you've got to get it syncing and then there's issues. Ugh, bit of a pain. But now it's set up, it's really good because I have these different calendar sets. So I have the work calendar sets where all of my work calendars so from my apple one because sometimes events get added there sometimes people send events to my google calendar um, and sometimes i add them myself so everything gets collated i've got my personal one and then i've got my joint and i can just sort of see at a glance everything that i've got for the week which to most people is not anything revolutionary most people use calendars um (laughs) but i think just setting it all up properly and getting it all collated in Fantastical was a huge help. Um, but then alongside that, I use uh, the Reminders app, which is another iOS app, which is basically exactly the same as Todoist, which I was going to sign up for until I realized that they're essentially the same app. Reminders is just, I think, honestly, the name Reminders is a terrible name for it because it's not really about Reminders. It is a to-do app. It's not. I was yeah. like, why isn't this reminding me? I've put a reminder in and it's not telling me because it's not actually a reminders app, it's a to-do list app that you can also set reminders on. So I have my reminders app and basically I just dump everything into three different folders. So I've got my personal, I've got my work and I've got my family, which is my joint. And every time I think of a task, doesn't matter how tiny it is. Um, for example, it's, I've got, I just put one in this morning, which is open greenhouse door. I have to do that every day and sometimes I forget and then close it at night. So I just add it in. And then you sort of just schedule the to-dos. If I know when I'm going to do it, I'll schedule it for a certain day. If I don't know when I'm going to do it, but it's something I need to do at some point, I just leave it. But it's out of my head and it's just all in this app. And then when I get some time, maybe like once or twice a week or something, I'll go through all the unscheduled to-dos and see, is there anywhere I can schedule that? Um, So it's really nice. And I've been using, I've been doing this for a few weeks now. And it's really nice having these two apps where I can just look the night before I look at what's scheduled, what's on my to-do list for tomorrow and what's on my calendar for tomorrow because events and to-dos are different. So that's why I like having the separate. Um, And then I can tick them all off. If I don't finish them at the end of the day, I just reschedule them or just remove it entirely. And then I don't stress about, oh, I didn't finish my to-do list today because some days you're not going to, but it's all gone anyway. And that's just, it's just helped me so much. It it did take a whole day to set up, but it's just been amazing. And I've been trying to also schedule a lot less. So in my head, I think, oh, I can work from eight till one a day. The amount I can do between eight till one in my head is different from the amount I can do yeah. in reality. So I'm also just getting more realistic about what I can achieve. Are you strict? Are you strict as well, though, in the sense that, OK, so you've got from eight till one working like that is actual work time. And as you said, it's always less than you imagine. But are you strict in that? No, that's actually to sit down and get the work done. So there's no email. There's no kind of there's no being on Slack talking possibly to, you know, is that dedicated sitting down designing or writing or marketing time? It's pretty strict in that I don't, 
I don't really go in my inbox very often. So I've started, um, I've actually got a support person now to help out with my inbox, which has been amazing. Very long overdue. Like it's something that I should have done such a long time ago. So I don't go into my inbox. I don't really go into Slack. And yeah, I just try to work. But what I will say is I'm not, the eight to one isn't always working time. So it's also things that I have to do in my personal life. For example, last week I've had to, I'm decluttering the house and on my to-do list was I need to go through my clothes and just get rid of stuff and just make some room and things. And that was during my work time, but that's fine because that's something that needed, needed doing. And I don't, the whole benefit well, it's of more, doing... It's more like, I was going to say, it's more like just available time as opposed to work time, isn't it? It's exactly. like literally the only hours I have available to get stuff done. Yeah, exactly. And I think the beauty of what we do and why a lot of people want to do this is because you don't have to work nine to five. But I don't know about you, Nathan, but I have this like mindset that Monday to Friday, nine to five, I should be working because that's what you do. That's like what we've always been taught. We went to school, we did that. And I the have to, guilt thing. yeah, I have to remind myself, I don't have to work every hour that I am available to work. So that's well, particularly when, particularly when, when your, your world is more product based than consulting based, obviously if you're consulting, then that's it. You're still trading your, your time for, for money. But if you're in, into that product space, then it is a little different. And I think that's part of the reason why we want to be there, isn't it? It's because of that quality of life, the, um, you know, and that sort of, in air quotes, lifestyle business, which means, you know, well, I can choose a little bit. I do have some more freedom with regards to those few hours that I have, you know, well, I want to go out on a, on a ride or I want to go out and whatever the case might be. Something you mentioned just now about organizing, the best thing I ever did or the best thing I've done this year, because I, I was terrible as well at organizing all my time and I've tried the to-do lists and I've tried, you know, the calendars. And I still do use my calendar, you know, anytime anything comes up, it goes in the calendar. But the best thing I did this this year, and I'm just on showing the camera to Laura, was buy the Apple Watch. I thought it was going to be a ridiculous buy, and I felt guilty about buying it. But every single thing now, as soon as it comes into my head, goes into a reminder. And because I think I'm verging on, I don't know, verging on sort of ADHD or, or whatever, it's just if it doesn't get done now, it never gets done. And inevitably, I'm not carrying around my file effects or a pen and paper or whatever. So literally now, as soon as it comes into my head, I just Siri up the yeah. phone and say, remind me in an hour, or remind me tomorrow morning, like you're opening up the uh, the greenhouse, you know. I do that for absolutely everything now, and it's really, really helping. I mean, I really didn't imagine that I was going to be so appreciative yeah. of the Apple Watch. Yeah, I completely agree. I got an Apple Watch too after a long time of just, oh, that's so gimmicky and silly. Why do I need it? But yeah, it, but the thing is, I um, watched a YouTube video. Um, I think it was called Building the Ultimate Productivity System. I can't remember who it was by. It was actually when I was researching animations for a video that I'm doing for Client Portal. So I wasn't looking for a productivity system. I just liked the animations that the guy used. <laughs> and um, But I got into the content and it's basically this whole like, have you heard of the book Building a Second Brain by Tiago? Rings, okay. rings a bell. Yeah, it's, um, I haven't read it. And to be honest, I, I don't really think I need to, but it's basically exactly what you say. It's like, if you need to do something, don't keep it in your head ever. Your head is just not, 
a great place to store things that you need to do get it down no and so like having an apple watch like you say like i have to go in and um i put the laundry in it's going to be done in three hours so i say hey remind me in three hours to switch the wash or something or anything for work or just anything that that very second that it's in my head it goes down and it's so nice knowing that it's sort of filed away so when i'm when i'm when I have a minute to to spare, like maybe in the morning when I'm having a cup of coffee or something, or I'm waiting for something, I can just go through and, you know, remind myself of all these things that need doing. But it is, you have to get into the habit because what he says in this video, um, and and I'll try and like link to the video, I'll be able to find it uh, Mm -hmm. so you can watch it because it is really good. He sort of says, you know, there's really, it's completely pointless having anything if you don't do that. If you don't, just put everything down there's no point you're not you're not really benefiting from it so you have to train yourself to do that which is hard i think it's like any habit um i mean i mean i i'm more than aware that i look like a bit of a nutter now as i walk down the street and suddenly something will come into my head and people see me talking to my watch you know but yeah. um it's working and it really is working and like i said I, I'm, I'm i'm really happy about this change because it was a real struggle i was just forgetting so many things and i and, and that creates more stress then and then you feel even guiltier because you're forgetting things and you're not handing in things maybe on time or not getting to this appointment not getting to that appointment and i think it all just comes together until you just finally just collapse or explode or whatever your yeah, reaction is and exactly. unfortunately everyone around you suffers as well <laughs> yeah it is it's really tough and i think a lot of people I was talking to my family about it the other day. It just, it, I don't know if it is a modern problem, but it feels like a modern problem. I mean, my parents were saying, they were like, I don't remember feeling this busy like years ago. And they, they were like, I think it's age, but we were all saying, no, we feel the same. Super like overwhelmed. I think because we're so connected and we're so like, yeah. there's just a lot going on. Um, I think it's a problem that I would say. I think the connection has. is a huge part of it. The fact, I mean, ironically, he says after buying an Apple watch, you know, I hate being connected 24-7. Um, for mm. me, this is like a tangent, uh, sort of a way to sidestep some of that stuff, ironically, even though I'm more connected now than ever through this. But that always being on, you know, it is such a, it's so difficult. And I think they, I think our parents probably did feel a lot freer from this sort of level of stress. I'm sure they had their other, their own sort of problems at the time or whatever, and not being able to make enough money coming in or whatever. But yeah, they didn't work the way we work now where everything is digital, everything is online, everything is an email, everything is a Slack message, everything is, and competing for your attention as well. Whereas I think, you know, my mum and dad went to work in the morning, we were in school, they came back and then that was it. There was, there were no other distractions, so to speak. You know, it, there was the TV and the phone and the phone yeah. was in the hall on a, on a, on a cable, he stuck to the wall and that was yeah. it, you know? Yeah, it does seem a lot simpler, but I love technology, but it is a, it's a balance. It's definitely a balance. Yeah, so, and I think, it, sorry, go on. Oh, I was going to say, I'm curious because I know, I think I mentioned this earlier. So when you, or you mentioned it in the last episode, I think, when during your story, there was one point where you completely just went away. You just you had like a, yeah. <laughs> yeah you had like a bunch of you had a big youtube following and then you just you just got rid of it yeah. and i'm sort of curious was that due to being overwhelmed it, i think it's a mix i think it's a mix of overwhelm and the fact that i've never really been comfortable 
being in front of people as if I had something important to say kind of thing. Again, I, I appreciate the irony of being on a podcast talking about it, but yeah, I've never been comfortable and even Twitter bothers me. I, I mean, I've cancelled my Twitter account more times than I can remember. Just that whole thing of, you know, here I am speaking truth, listen to me and all that kind of stuff. So I think when I when I sold when I sold Nusi, I, I for some reason I just thought it was the opportunity to to get rid of everything and say right I'm going into the mountains I'll be back in a couple of years and I cancelled everything I um I had my YouTube channel at the time as well which was the only thing I was doing sort of for fun should we say I mean that's canceled fascinating cancelled Facebook me. YouTube just everything yeah um, and, and two YouTube years, was doing okay two years that's a long time yeah pretty much I think it was. Looking back, it was, I wasn't, I was going to say stupid. That was, that was my natural inclination to say it was stupid, but it was, it was a reaction to how I felt, I think, to the whole, you know, being on all the time. And I wrote about this even when I was freelancing, like 2013, this whole being on all the time, it just, it really wears me down personally, you know, um, being attached. I tried going back to a a non-smartphone last year, um, in a bid to try and cut this connectivity down. And I lasted less than 48 hours because I couldn't work with my bank. It yeah. is impossible nowadays, unless you truly do want to go hermit, you know, it's it's impossible to try and and, and sort of remove yourself. But I realise now that, you know, I think probably five or six months ago, whenever it was that I came back from the dead, so to speak, and had to get back on Twitter is... Unfortunately, I think unless you have a lot of money behind you, unless you have some kind of initial funding that can just buy a shed load of ads and you need to be visible in some way or another, you need to be within mm-hmm. a community, whether that's Twitter or in, you know, in sort of Facebook groups and, and LinkedIn and all that stuff. It's so hard to do anything now outside of these digital realms that, you know, we've we've built ourselves into. And you know, if I sound too down on the whole digital thing, I mean, I'm not, obviously I work in that sphere, but I just do find finding that balance very difficult. And um, like I said, I had to come back, you know, if I want to start working again and want to start building a new digital business, I've got to put my face to it because I don't have the money just to throw at it. <laughs> yeah. What was it like coming back? Was it different? Does it feel like you're just starting completely from scratch or oh, do yeah. you feel like you've got something behind you? And No, no, I, I felt like I was 99% that I was coming back from scratch. I mean, I did sort of connect with the people I could still think of and I think probably that was where we stopped, reconnected, reaching out to people I, I knew from the past. But I did, And it's interesting because when you go back into Twitter and this is obviously a, just something that's in people, when they see that you are a, a new account and that you have no Twitter followers... There's this preconceived notion that you're um, probably not worth the time or probably not worth spending much. I mean, not everyone, obviously. Uh, I've I've met loads of great people already and received loads of help from people who either don't know me at all or barely know me. And I think that's something we can talk about in a future episode, just that, you know, really helping people out within within the sort of digital sphere. But there is definitely that thing of like, oh, there are no one kind of thing. You know, look, they've got yeah. 25 followers or whatever and they're trying to build a business. They must be a newbie. And yeah. part of that is probably my personal perception as well. But no, I think, I think it I does think exist. No, I think you're right. There is, there is a, a prejudice, I guess. It's something that everyone's so. experienced because obviously, well, unless you're super famous anyway, no one starts with thousands of followers. So mm. everyone has to start from that. And it is hard when you... You know, you feel like 
a nobody and you feel like you're not worth time and how do you how do you break through that so for me it was so long ago that I was I was starting out and I don't consider myself particularly like I don't consider myself famous or anything remotely like that at all but over the over the years you know you I have gradually got more followers I don't have a huge amount but I don't even know how many I have but it's it's an okay amount um you know it's it's socially acceptable amount um so but I don't remember really how how I was how I would how I went about growing that I don't think I did anything specifically it just sort of happened so it's sort of interesting that you're going through that now because you know it's just it's a lot it's a lot more relatable you know what are the things that you're doing and Twitter's so different now I know there's other networks and stuff, you know, all the threads, everything that's going on. It just, it's oh, just yeah, different. Threads. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if the chances are, if you post a thread, I'm probably unfollowing you. So. Yeah, I almost did back when they first started c- cropping up. I was, I did an, I wrote an article about. A, it was a bunch of design tips. It was a guest post, and I was going to write a thread about them, just like the top ones. Um, and then I never got, I never got finished. I think it's in my notes. And then the whole thread thing just went a bit bonkers and I started hating yeah. them and I started seeing how much everyone else hating them. And I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't post this <laughs> now. I'm not, that's not me. I just, it would come across as so fake and just yeah. not, yeah. It's I think not it comes across as fake anyway. The only, if, I, if I see a thread to me, it's just, this is marketing. This is, here's 10 great ways or 10 things I learned through selling my business. And it's just, no, I've got no time for that. Yeah, and they're so abstract as well. It's like build a community, and well, okay, what, what does that mean? And also, how? <laughs> I think going back to your point before, though, about the um, the sort of you know you've built this following over time, and you can't even remember how you know how it was done or started. I think it's just it's just the natural uh, effects of of you building the products, you know, and being there all these years, and and all your content and stuff. And I think you know it's just a a natural evolution yeah. for that. So going back to the beginning, and, and and like you said, things have changed a lot as well in social media and stuff. So I guess it's just something that I'll see over time and see how it goes. And I mean, I remember years and years ago going for a, a design interview, uh, which I didn't get in the end, but it was for an Australian SaaS. And they were already, I think, doing a few million in ARR and doing really well. And the, the founder, I think, had like 60 followers on Twitter. I was just like, this guy's my hero. This is this is who I want to be. Um, and in fact, I checked him out not long ago, and he's still only got a couple of hundred Twitter followers, and uh, they're yeah. absolutely slaying it. So it's just like that for me is the ideal. Yeah, um, me too. Actually, there's there's a really good podcast I listened to a few weeks ago. I'll see if I can find it and put it in the notes. It was um, I can't remember who it was. Was it the guy who did Nomad List? something i can't remember his name but i'll try and find it and it's basically he doesn't really do anything on social media he's he's full-on lifestyle business but he does Mm -hmm. really well and i'm like yeah everything he was saying was so relatable to me because i don't want to build i don't i'm not really building to sell or building you know exit for example i i'm happy to just keep doing this because it's fun i'm not massively into like extreme growth or anything like that um, I really just want a lifestyle business that does well and I really enjoy doing it. And it it really it really resonated with me and it made me think about all these people who are doing so well but aren't constantly on Twitter, aren't constantly, you know, putting themselves out there. Um, 
And I do, to your point earlier where you said, unless you've got a lot of investment behind you or something happens, you do sort of need to put yourself out there a bit. I think that's true. I think you do need to do, you do need to do something, but you don't have to be a massive influencer as such. You just need to be, you know, it might sound a bit um, silly, but you just need to be like connecting with people and talking to people. I know for Mm. me, when I was first starting out and even now I reply to most, uh, most emails that come to me, that's just a general question or applying to a question that I ask, I reply to them all personally still. And I I just think that helps. It it helps me and it doesn't take up too much time. But yeah, you do need to do something. Um, And I think this would be a really good episode to just actually dig into. Probably a few episodes, to be honest, because there's a lot to say about building an audience and getting started. And it's the thing that people want to know about. And Um, I think as well, it it can make the difference between success or failure. I really you know, do believe that because if you think, you know, for example, I'm building my SaaS up now, you know, if I had a significantly larger audience, I think maybe erroneously that I would have significantly higher chances of at least having that initial sort of um, kick in the right direction, you know, when it launches compared to now with a couple of hundred followers and, you know, uh, that kind of thing. So I definitely think that'd be something really good to dive into because it's, it's, they say it's very simple, but at the same, same time, I think it's complex because it's, it's a huge amount of work building yeah. some kind of uh, audience. Yeah, it's simple in theory, but difficult. It's difficult to pull off. It takes a lot of perseverance. It's definitely possible because it is. It there's really there's no tricks. It's it really is as simple as as simple as they say. It just takes time. But yeah, it's definitely something we should talk about because it's it's a really big deal it's like it, it's hard like you say not just building a product but then also trying to build a following it's so much easier if you've already got that following and that's one thing I feel like I did right back when I was freelancing is I was building a following alongside freelancing even though I wasn't I wasn't creating a course I was trying to build a following with the thought that at some point I will create a course and it was many many years until I did that I was speaking at conferences doing guest posts podcasts all this stuff for really no seemingly good reason other than hoping that maybe people would follow me or sign up to my newsletter you know or something like that and that really did well, it, worked. it worked yeah it, exactly, it really yeah. did but I didn't wait until I had something that I could sell or I didn't wait until I felt like I had I had more to say or I didn't wait until I felt more confident or however whatever the thousand other reasons I could have given for waiting um and that's one thing I I think I did that really helped. By the way, I think your first ever podcast, was that with me? Did I interview you for Noosey Podcast or something? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that was my first ever podcast. I remember that the other day, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, is that right? I was so nervous. (laughs) I was just, oh my goodness. I was so nervous. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that. I remember... I remember sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I feel like it went horribly, not on your part, on my part, but just because I was just like, yeah, it's scary. It's uh, really yeah, scary yeah. doing that stuff. Yeah, yeah no, no, it is. It is. But like you said, it's stuff that you need to do. You really do. For me, it was a lot more nerve wracking back then as well. Like going on to other people's podcasts, it was always terrifying for me. It's not so bad now, but um, these are things that we just need to do, you know? So yeah. I think it's just getting over that hump and like you said you need to be consistent and and put the work in but yeah. it's a lot of work <laughs> yeah exactly yeah oh All well right. that sort of that sort of diverged from overwhelm to yeah, uh, building an audience us, yeah. but 
that's good <laughs> it gives oh, it, cool. it gives us more things to talk about in the future so um yeah yeah loads, loads of stuff came up there yeah uh, okay so we're still we're still trying to sort out uh, an email and everything for, if people want to get in touch or send us some questions or feedback or whatever so do we still want to use yours uh, yeah for now? so yeah just email laura at laurelizabeth.co um like i said earlier i get i'll pretty much reply personally to uh to everyone might take might take a bit might take a couple of weeks maybe i try and get back quite quickly but We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, d- just let us know what you think about what we're doing. Are you enjoying it? Is there anything you want us to change? Because feedback is really going to be so crucial to how we do things. Um, the, it, the first few episodes might be a little bit wobbly. Um, but we were talking <laughs> about this um, before we started the recording the first episode and that there's nothing you can do. You've just got you've just got to go for it and we'll find our feet at some point. So yeah. Completely. All right. All right. So well, we'll see we'll leave it there you then. next time. Next week or the week after. Week after. We're yep. not sure even of the schedule yet, but there we go. <laughs> we'll figure this stuff out. <laughs> All right. All cheers, right. Laura. Cheers. Bye-bye.